Welcome to the Dizzy Discussions Podcast, the clinician's guide to vestibular rehab. Our goal is to spread knowledge and awareness of current and up-and-coming vestibular assessment, evaluation, and treatments for the vestibular veteran and novice alike. Without further ado, here's your hosts, Eddie Ernst and Dr. Stephen T. Marina. So, so Shana, would you like to transition then to our cases? You have a couple cases that you kind of wanted to talk through. I thought what we can do is maybe um, we can just, I have them pulled up so I can read through them if you want, um, or we can yeah, sure. kind of group them together. Um, either way, um, if you want to start with the one that's most on your mind, we can just do a quick little summary overview. And then if you want to, I think you talked, you just wanted to kind of shoot a couple questions out at me. We can just kind of go back and forth like we're in the clinic just talking about a patient case and um, really working through areas that we can think of that can maybe um, help with, you know, diagnosis, prognosis, and treatment. Sure, sure. Um, Yeah, so so the three cases I kind of shared with you, um, they're they're my, the ones that are kind of weighing on me. (laughs) Yes. <laughs> We're like, oh gosh, what do I do with these guys? You know, and they're they're similar, you know, but also you know different. Um, uh, they're they're all. Um, you know, I'll start. I'll start off with. Um, let me start off with this one that that's that my my forty three year old um, female. It was my third case that I talked to you about earlier. Um, so so she's she's forty three. Um, she was going through some stressful times, um, you know, kind of personal things um, back in 2016. And then um, she started having symptoms um, the following year. So she was, you know, graphic designer. She's, you know, young and active and everything. Um, and her neurologist um, diagnosed her with vestibular migraine. So, you know, at first I was like, oh, well, cool. Like a lot of doctors just forget about vestibular migraines altogether and they don't come up with that diagnosis until years, years later. Mm-hmm. But, you know, that neuro, neurologist kind of went to it right away. But um, this patient, you know, she tried all the diet. She tried um, numerous meds. I mean, the list is, is, is very long. Um, and she just, she's like this. I don't know. This is nothing is helping. Like sure. nothing, nothing is helping. And she says, I think there's something wrong with my eyes. It's my eyes. Like it's, 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 I get headaches, but I think it's coming from my eyes. So she ended up going out of network, um, paying out of pocket to see a, a vision therapist in San Francisco. And um, I think he's kind of the guy to go to in the Bay area. And um, so she was diagnosed with, um, oh, what is it called? Um, binocular dysfunction. Okay. So she, I believe it's her left eye that's lower than the other. And, you know, you can see it, you know, it's pretty, it's pretty clear. And I don't know what the measurements and, and stuff are. Um, so he, he did, um, give her prism glasses and, um, she's our, uh, by the time I saw her, she was already wearing them and she okay. said they, they helped a little, like maybe 10%. And, you know, he said it's going to be a progressive thing where, you know, it's, he's going to have to change it and change it and change it. So, um, she described her symptoms as like brain fog. She gets headaches and feels a little bit imbalanced. 
um, especially going up and down stairs. Um, she doesn't like to watch movies, a lot of visual um, visual um, symptoms. And um, unfortunately, her job is as a graphic designer, she does a lot of screen time. Mm-hmm. So that just exacerbates, you know, her feelings of just, she just can't function. Um, she just feels like she's not being very productive because she has to take these breaks. And um, her symptoms are a lot worse at the end of the week, just the, the accumulation of the screen time over the week. Okay. She often has to call in sick once or twice a week. Um, and, you know, she's getting depressed okay. um, because she just is not feeling like she knows she, she, she almost needs to cut back to part-time, but she can't afford it. Mm-hmm. But this is, this is her, her career. You know, this is, this is what she she's trained to do. Um, so her balance, when you see her, she looks, you know, she passes her test um, pretty well. I can't remember exactly what her, you know, what, what she scored with her, you know, DGI or dynamic gate index or okay. but she she can do you know the captive um condition four um but her balance if you look at her she's not terribly wobbly um but mm-hmm. she feels just a sense of unsteadiness okay um um she does have you know a bit of a forward head posture because of the screen time and um so you know i did i did just first thing it's like okay let, let's just correct your posture let's see if that can kind of alleviate some of the headaches okay that you're feeling and um so she did her posture looks a lot better and she does she said that it does help and she's more conscious she takes breaks and 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 stretches and does some her chin tucks and and things so um um but she so she's also on to her second set of prisons. Okay. So I think she had her first set for three weeks. On to her second set, which she said didn't. I mean, it helps a little tiny bit, but she's like she's getting now. She's feeling a little bit defeated. Like oh, I thought these second set would really I could really feel a difference. Yeah. But now the doctor's saying she might need a third. So okay. then, um, I I've, I've been off for a couple of weeks, so um. She she said that she's like I'm, I think I'm getting a third pair. Why don't we take a break um, and let me adjust to them, and then then I'll see you then. So I have not seen her since her third pair of glasses. Okay. And um, and what have some of the um, some of the routes for treatment you guys have explored? So um, so you know the most benign thing because she's so symptomatic sometimes she'll come in you know at like a six out of ten in terms of just symptomatic dizziness headache kind of icky feeling nausea you know kind of nausea mm-hmm. um i i, I kind of started very benign you know we started off with the postural stuff stretching um kind of addressed her forward head posture um and then um doing a lot of grounding because she gets mm-hmm. like very anxious when she starts to feel some symptoms um with visual stimulation um so she'll like get kind of sweaty and cotton mouth so um we'll do a lot of grounding you know we start off in supine and deep breathing and you know 
and then we'll start off, you know, into sitting and I introduced her to like some essential oils, mm-hmm. you know, like both of peppermint and some lavender, um, mm-hmm. um, just to getting her, getting her to relax. Okay. Um, I, I did um, introduce her to Migraine Buddy. Yeah. Which is an app um, for her to kind of document her symptoms. A lot that the first few, few, few sessions with her was a lot of just education and, and just her being aware of, you know, how her body's feeling um, and documenting her triggers. Mm-hmm. Um, she doesn't feel like she has any food triggers. So like, that's why she was, you know, and the medications weren't working. So she just kept saying like, I don't think it's vestibular migraines. I go, but you know, keep track of your headaches and see what, what brings them on. Is there, um, is there a relationship with her headaches? I'm just curious, like her headaches and her symptoms, are they typically, I guess maybe the question is, are they typically wrapped together or are they, could she have a headache? Um, you know, she kind of has a constant headache. Okay. Um, it's like anything visual, like, um, you know, watching movies, riding in the car, going to the grocery store, like mm-hmm. it just anything, any visual overload. Um, her, her boyfriend likes to watch like superhero movies and all that like stimulation, you know, and um, she says, I want to watch with him. So maybe I'll watch for five minutes and then I'll have to walk away. Okay. And then, you know, and then and it's just like one time I watched for half an hour and then I was just done. Like I, I had to go to bed at seven o'clock at night mm-hmm. and I was, I was kind of, I was thrashed. So, and so I was kind of talking to her about like, that's, that's sort of a habituation thing. Like, like, okay, well, why don't you just try the five minutes at mm-hmm. a time and then take a break and, and, but don't jump to 30. Like, like you have to like kind of dose yourself in like small, um, small pieces. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, just walking around the clinic, like, well, well, you know, walking around the clinic bothers her, you know, okay. because of the, the windows and the people in the gym and coming down the hallway, like just a simple walk, um, through the clinic is bothersome. Um, so I, I, then I, I've tried, um, cause she talks about feeling unsteady. Mm-hmm. And so we're, I said, okay, let's, let's shift. Let's, let's go to some, take away some visual, the, the visual overload and let's, let's just focus on your balance. So um, we were doing um, some like balance activities, um, dynamic and static with her eyes closed Okay. and just getting her to stimulate her vestibular system. And, and so like eyes closed with head movements, walking with her eyes closed but breathing and feeling like feeling grounded, you know, and, mm-hmm. and I'd hold her hand lightly as we walked to the gym. She's like, I like this. She's like, I like, I like, you know, feeling like I'm moving, but working on my, my balance, mm-hmm. but I'm not making myself more symptomatic, you know? Yes. Um, so, you know, we, we, we tried that for, for a bit. Um, once her neck started feeling better, um, mm-hmm. I did also have her do a little bit of like um, supine, um, like cervicokinesthetic stuff, um, mm-hmm. you know, like lying and, 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 and looking at things, you know, up on the ceiling, maybe doing a little bit of gentle eye tracking, um, 
a little bit of, you know, VOR just to see how she handled that. And when she was supine and grounded, she handled that a lot better. Um, okay. uh, <laughs> I've tried, I've tried a lot of, you know, yeah. different, you know, different, different things. I did, I did do the, um, what is that? That joint, uh, joint error position error. <laughs> yeah. Error testing. And she was off. She was pretty off with that. Mm-hmm. Um, early on but she liked she liked that activity she yes. liked um testing herself and realizing and um you know how off she was and that didn't really produce a lot of symptoms that's good um we just had in one session so i'm just kind of throwing out some different things we've tried um yeah I, i've been seeing her for a while but she's missed a lot since i only see her once a week she's sure. had to cancel so it's they've been really spread out um, mm-hmm. over the last few months. Um, does, she so I, does she have any hard any, vestibular deficits, like um, a positive dynamic visual acuity test? Um, any, yeah. Yeah. Okay. She, yeah. She, she has um, three line difference with that. Okay. I believe again, you know, I'm a little fuzzy with the details, but um, yeah. I believe she had that. She was very, um, the first time I put her on foam with eyes mm-hmm. closed, she, um, she could do it for 30 seconds, but she was bouncing and, and, mm-hmm. you know, like straining and she had like a moderate sway. Okay. Um, on foam and that's oh. improved. Okay. That, 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 that has improved. Mm-hmm. Um, um, no, like head thrust, mm-hmm. you know, no head thrust, um, positive head thrust. I'm trying to think of what else might have jumped out at, at me. Do you have access to frenzel lenses? I'm just curious because sometimes okay, so, um, ruling out. Yeah, yeah. So um, I I did. Um, Liz and I were sharing um, the goggles when we were both at at the Mountain View campus. Um, oh. But when, since she's been in Los Gatos, um, she took the goggles with her because she she's there full four full days a week and you know she needs them gotcha. you know she has a big she has a big vestibular case load so mine are on order okay um they're you know some red tape get getting approval and everything but they, they they are my managers will get me goggles and hopefully soon but that's what i've heard since summer <laughs> um so yeah i will i will have access Okay. Goggles, but not. I don't have them currently. I do have actually. I do have an old school set of Frenzel lenses, but oh. they haven't been approved by biomechan or engineering. Like my my friend found them in a box from like the nineties, and she's like, "Look at these funny things." I go, "I can bring in a, an old TV and just hook them up," and it's they still haven't been approved to be used. Um, so mm-hmm. I would like to use those in the meantime. Sure. Yeah. I, yeah. So I, I took down some notes, which I think is really helpful. Um, so are there any questions specifically for me, like where you feel lost or where you would like some guidance with? And then I have a couple of questions I might be able to ask for you just kind of uh, maybe a little bit more of her history. Um, I, I mean, I just, I would just love to know like, Oh, like what's jumping out at you? Like mm-hmm. what, um, where would you, where would you go in terms of helping her? Sure. I like to break it up. Um, personally for me, um, it's, it's really difficult. Sometimes 
like with the complex patients and they're hard um, when you do get them. Um, I, I, I sometimes will like talk to students and they feel like, Oh, they should be able to fix everyone. And a lot of times I think you're doing the right things. You're investigating with the patient, you're keeping them openly involved with what's going on and you're letting them know that you are with them to try to determine what's going on versus just mm-hmm. trying to slap a diagnosis on it. Cause it's really easy to do mm-hmm. that, you know, mm-hmm. it's kind of tough. It's, and sometimes like vestibular migraine might get slapped on it and then they go down the mm-hmm. medication route and then they're lost. And so what mm-hmm. you're doing is you're trying to, you're trying to be the neutral observer and trying not to do that. And I think that's really helpful. Mm-hmm. So what I like to do is I like to sometimes like just take in what are the initial chief complaints, like brain fog and steadiness. She might have some symptoms that are aggravated with visual stimulation. And then she does have a history of like neck discomfort. And then what I'll do with each individual symptom is I want to just start assessing and seeing if I can better understand how that symptom affects the patient. Um, okay. So we like, we, we call it, I, I think they used it in school. We called it the HOAC2 model. So we develop a hypothesis and then you start testing that hypothesis and your goal is to prove yourself right or wrong, essentially. So you're trying okay. to rule out. And I find that that's helpful. So Eddie and I kind of do a similar style where we're trying to see, okay, can I stimulate the patient's symptoms and then can I break it down and what's actually happening there? Um, so then mm-hmm. at least that way we're not running down a treatment pathway that might not you know, produce results. Um, mm-hmm. So for her, it's, so it seems like there, it's just a constant level of symptoms. Um, mm-hmm. Like you said, like a six out of 10 kind of nauseous feeling, disequilibrium, there might be some AMS mm-hmm. stimulation going on. Um, but mm-hmm. then she does have triggering factors that will worsen her symptoms. Um, mm-hmm. And it seems like they might be visual triggers. There might be postural triggers. Um, she feels imbalanced. So there's a kind of a dynamic component to things at times. But she does feel better when she's grounded and when she's supine. Is that correct? Right. Okay. So let's see. Some of the other things that were sticking out, um, there's definitely some yellow flags. Um, you know, like you said, there's, um, you know, there's, uh, anxiousness, depression, kind of that defeated feeling. Um, so th- mm-hmm. that's definitely a component. I think that you're, you're, it seems like you're managing well, you're keeping her focused on her recovery, but those can definitely, um, amplify things a little bit. Yeah. Can, and she feels like her, mm-hmm. she feels like her neurologist has sort of given up on her. Yeah. But, um, yeah. And and I'm I'm thinking like, does she need to find a neurologist just to have a you know different set of eyes or? Sure. But yeah, I don't know. Mm. Yeah. Sometimes like I I find it sometimes helpful for like patients in these situations like, um, especially if they're just seeing a general neurologist, maybe have them and get them a referral for a neuro opto- uh, a neurotologist. So. Um, those are neurologists that are kind of specially trained for inner ear disorders. It can kind of help them. And then just educating them that their number one goal is to rule out red flag disorders. Um, just kind of, you know, quell that fear because a lot of times Mm -hmm. it's going on in the back of their head is there's something wrong with me. There's something wrong with me. There's something wrong with me. And Mm -hmm. they're living in with these symptoms, but, um, you know, the neurologist, their number one goal is, Oh yeah, you're, you're not dying or you don't have a tumor. Right, right, right. So for, so essentially um, for treatment or for exam, what I would do if I was in the situation is I would try to break it up. Um, 
there's a couple tests that I like to do. Um, so I would obviously run through and rule out central and peripheral. I like to get a really good grasp of how the patient's static and dynamic balance is. Um, you know, single leg, double leg, eyes closed, eyes open. Just understand how they're mm-hmm. processing all that sensory integration information. Mm-hmm. So, mm-hmm. Um, you know, uh, sometimes if you want a little bit more information, like a mini best test might be helpful. Um, okay. The mini best test is it's pretty thorough. It takes about 15, 20 minutes to go through if you're efficient at it, but it can really okay. give you like a, a really good idea. And it's broken up into different categories of posture, like okay. postural reaction, posture stabilization. And I think that's helpful too. So if the patient does really well on it, you can kind of give them that boost of confidence, like look how well you're doing. Um, and then it gives you the Mm -hmm. confidence to know it's like, this is probably not, um, a balance organization issue. Um, so that's kind of, kind of rule and rule out some things. Um, Mm -hmm. you know, from there, I like to look at, you know, visual stimulation. I'll do, um, like a VOMS testing too with patients or um, I'll take, I'll have them do one minute of VOR and compare that to one minute of uh, VOR cancellation. Sometimes that's helpful with distinguishing visual triggers because if you're having a tough time differentiating peripheral vestibular dysfunction with, you know, VOR movements, cancel the VOR. And if they're still stimulating symptoms, you know it's still maybe related to head movement, but you're now thinking less likely that this is a vestibular um, weakness issue or peripheral issue going on because you're canceling out that VOR system, but you're still getting Mm -hmm. visual stimulation. So kind of like trying to tease out where the symptoms are coming from, but even then you're still moving the neck. So then you have to kind of play around with, do I need to do a deeper dive into the neck? Um, So we talk Mm -hmm. with like our students will say, Remember, we always talk about vestibular ocular reflex um, as vestibular therapists, but there's a couple other reflexes um, in play. So then you have your vestibular spinal reflex, which is um, helpful for um, spinal tone and coordination. So that's the kind of the classic reflex when Mm -hmm. someone's walking and they're turning in their head and they lose their balance. That's Mm -hmm. less VOR and more vestibular spinal reflex. And -hmm. then you have your vestibular colic reflex, which is your... Um, vestibular input that gets relayed to your neck muscles for for uh, postural control and tone, and that's what they kind mm-hmm. of test when they're doing those um, VEMP testings. Um, so those are kind of helpful things to think about. But on the flip side, on the mirror image, you have your cervical ocular reflex, your COR, your CSR, mm-hmm. your cervical spinal reflex, and then your um, CCR, your cervical colic reflex. Um, mm-hmm. So sometimes like we can get reduction in symptoms with like postural correction, but we sometimes have to go a little bit further if there is a cervical component. And then we have to readapt those cervical ocular reflexes, those cervical spinal reflexes, and then integrate them with vestibular spinal reflex and VOR together. So sometimes with those complex patients, and especially if they do have a cervical component, um, going a little bit further can can help too. Um, Okay. Um, so there's a really good test that we like to use and it's, it's, so I guess I'll take a little sidebar. So special tests are great, um, but they have a ton of limitations because a lot of them, their sensitivity and specificity ratios are, are maybe in the eighties, nineties and seventies. Um, so like okay. a tall pike is 79, I think for its specificity. So we call that our gold standard. But when you think about it, it's like that's 79. Um, right, right. so you can have false positives and false negatives. So mm-hmm. one test that you can use is um, a neck differentiation test. 
which is mm-hmm. nice. Um, I don't know if you've used it yet with her. Um, I actually have. Okay. Um, and and she there there was nothing glaring. Um, okay. So this is to tease out like if it's coming from her cervical versus the right, right. Yeah, yeah. Um, you know, I did. Um, I had her, you know, moving on block. I had her, you know, rotating from neck down. Mm-hmm. I had her, you know, doing a cervical rotation and doing smooth pursuit. You know, like I, I, and, and nothing was, um, I, I, from what I recall, this was, I did this early on because mm-hmm. I was like, okay, let me tease out the neck. Yeah. Um, um, I, I'll, I'll have to look at my notes. But sure. I, I did do, but if, if you want to talk a little bit more about that, because maybe I missed, you know, I, I, I might've missed something um, yeah. in there. Mm-hmm. The other thing we like to throw in is just a, a kind of a, a sustained or repeated upper cervical spine and mid cervical spine assessment. Um, so I've had a couple patients with not the same presentation, but similar presentations. And um, sometimes what we'll try to do is we'll just try to tease out um, are there any provocative factors when we manually move the neck passively? So we would unload the patient or have them loaded and bringing them into Mm -hmm. rotation with overpressure or unloading them and having them do side bending rotation, uh, assessing Mm -hmm. like the upper cervical spine, trying to tease that out a little bit more. Um, Mm -hmm. So Mm -hmm. almost going after it like a cervicogenic headache and assessing Mm -hmm. it that way. And instead of headache or pain being the symptom, it's dizziness and nauseousness feeling the symptoms. Um, Mm. So that could be something to do with her too, would be um, if you haven't assessed it yet, trying to just, you know, bringing her up into full cervical flexion in an unloaded position and assessing her pre and post symptoms there, or um, Mm. bringing her actually um, into cervical extension in an unloaded position or in an, in a seated position and having her sustain that and then assessing her symptoms while she's in that position um, mm, okay. or sustaining a retract, a chin tucked position for maybe a minute and then monitoring her symptoms pre and post, you know, is there a duration component that she needs? Does she need to be in that sustained position a little bit longer? Sometimes that's how we'll go a little bit deeper into assessing the cervical spine and you can do joint mobilization or joint play um, to see if you can, isolate any specific segment if the cervical spine is involved so okay and so that, i you know mm-hmm. oh i was gonna add so you know that's where i feel um you know that's where i have a, a weakness because i i'm an acute care therapist <laughs> by yes. nature yeah. and so my, in terms of manual skills um you know that's where i need to like you know increase my 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 skill set Sure. to help that, that particular population mm-hmm. um and and that's that's kind of a goal of mine this year um awesome. so since i have more tools um because it's it's not it's not in fully in my comfort zone and i mm-hmm. i'd love to learn more and um and you know being you know i'm 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 labeled the vestibular therapist mm-hmm. but in, in our clinic but we have our ortho therapist um so i you know, I, I kind of want to like they sometimes they're seeing a, a patient for orthopedic reasons and then they think there's a vestibular component and they refer them to me. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, I feel like a little bit in a way, like, do I need to kind of collaborate um, 
with with people who have a little bit of more you know skill in in that and and learn you know from them um, where they can kind of take over a little bit sure. for my patient who who might ha- might have more of a um, an orthopedic issue mm-hmm. um, so that that's something that I, I need to um, kind of figure out <laughs> no I, and I think that's um, good too like well, it's a good place to go because I think some of your other cases that you mentioned, um, you had mentioned kind of a couple patients with concussion and there's a really, they're starting to see there, there might be a close link with concussions and whiplash and upper cervical spine disorders. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. that's as, as a vestibular therapist, um, we almost have to now by necessity be comfortable mm-hmm. with the neck, um, mm-hmm. at least mm-hmm. with really thorough screening and, and, and be able to start treatment because if you send them sometimes to just a plain cervical spine um, therapist or uh, orthopedic therapist, they don't know how to manage the other vestibular issues like we were talking about right. migraine or the visual habituation. And so right. I, I really like where right. you're kind of heading to just being able to feel more comfortable assessing it and then ruling it out if it doesn't have a role, um, mm-hmm. a role for, for the patient. Um, mm-hmm. and then, yeah, so I guess that's kind of where I'm at. Um, so it's tough, right? Because I think sometimes we're really hoping, okay, maybe someone can give me a tip on what to do to help the patient. Um, but it's almost like we have to get the first part, like the assessment and really try to hope right. in and, and rule out and tease out those things and like prove ourselves wrong before we jump down into treatment. Cause I, I think you're definitely on the right track with her in terms of, you know, you're managing the case well. It's just, it's a tough case, <laughs> if that makes yeah, sense. Yeah, I, I think, I think you know, with these complex cases, and, and I'm just noticing this mm-hmm. um, about myself, I get, you know, a, a bit overwhelmed, like, wow, there's so much going on, and I'm, like, kind of all over the place mm-hmm. instead of kind of systematically, like, okay, let's, let's do this, let's do that, you know, like, <laughs> kind of how you laid it out, because it's I hard. see so much, <laughs> I see so much, like, Yes. And, and it's like, okay, where do I start? Mm-hmm. There, there's so, there's so many things that I want to address. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, and you only have so much time, you know, in mm-hmm. your evaluation and it, and you're kind of evaluating over three sessions, you know, oh, yeah. before you can even like really, but yet you see something and then you're like, Ooh, I want to, I want to give her something to do in the meantime, you know, to address yes. that, that's something that I see, you know, yet there's other things. Mm-hmm. So, um, just, so, you know, being a newer outpatient therapist, I, I need to, um, right. be a little more systematic, I, I would say. Yeah. And I like, uh, something that I found helpful, especially with patients with a lot of symptoms, sometimes going after, um, because sometimes it can be layered. That's the thing. Um, it could yeah, be multiple yeah. different layers. There could be, you know, visual motion sensitivity, maybe due to 3PD because of this chronic dizzy disorder on top of cervical spine and involvement on top of sensory organization deficits. Mm-hmm. And I really like what you did. You took the back door route and um, sometimes that's really helpful for patient confidence and buy-in too, because they need mm-hmm. to get better and they need to at least improve in one area of quality of life. Um, and you kind of said, you know what, we're going to go after balance or we're going to go after, mm-hmm. I had her do cervical joint position error testing and there was an actual deficit there. And she 
enjoyed working at that deficit. Mm-hmm. That's really helpful because you're choosing least the least amount of stimulation and working on building her back up. Um, mm-hmm. And then sometimes the mistake that I used to make was I used to then just go right after those deficits, the hard ones, and I'm having them yeah. VOR times one, VOR times two, push it, push it, push it. Right. You, know, right, you need right, to get to right. two hertz. And if you're not at two right, hertz, you're right. not going to get better. Um, and then I found that, hey, what if we just stimulate the VOR system functionally? Let's do a quick turn right. and we're going to catch a ball right. and you're going to walk and yeah. we're going to the clinic. I think those are really helpful. And then trying to make it as objective as possible for the patient um, is, is, is really helpful. So um, sometimes yeah. using you know, your visual vertical, vertigo, vertigo analog scales are helpful. Uh-huh. Like you just have a market uh-huh. off, they don't think about it. And then next time they mark it off, and then when they, at the end of their session, they mark it off and then you just measure the line and then that's your, mm-hmm. your line. They're not thinking about their symptoms or just marking where they're at. That can be helpful right. to you. just getting, yeah. you say, Hey, you were actually at three centimeters and you know, today you're at one centimeter and then it can help them with mm-hmm. tracking. Um, right, right, right. Yeah. I, I, I think, you know, early on with her, I did kind of, you know, I was a little more aggressive mm-hmm. and, um, and I, I kind of had to rethink, you know, my, my approach and, and I, I backed off, like, like you said, Mm -hmm. and, um, you know, she, and she's very appreciative. She's, you know, she, she's like, you're the first person who, who really, you know, cares. And I can tell you, you're, 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 you want to help me. I trust you. And, you know, she's just like, you know, it's like, okay. I, I think, you know, we've built that trust and rapport. So she's like, she's, she's bought into like wanting to get better. And she's like, I'm just so glad I found you. And mm-hmm. I just, I, you know, I, I can tell you want to help me and I want to get better. And mm-hmm. I appreciate all these things you're trying, you know? So she, she's, you know, I think when I met her, she was defeated. She's still, you know, discouraged, I think because of the glasses, I think she thought yeah. the glasses were going to be her like yeah. quick fix. Um, but um i know we have to kind of wrap up but i did want to mention like this this one point she said to me why why are my eyes like this Mm -hmm. and and she said um at just at, at, at her last treatment and she said you know when i asked this to my the vision therapist he you know he didn't give me a straight answer but um she says i i went back the other day and I was looking through my phone and I was looking at pictures of myself um, before all my mm. symptoms started and she says my eyes were not misaligned yeah you know and you know I was kind of like you know I, I didn't quite know how to answer it you right. know because at first like it's like first I was like you know oh well maybe it's congenital but if she's saying no I looked at pictures <laughs> and my eyes are obviously not misaligned and um has she you know of course i'm I'm sorry i forgot to ask has she had any imaging yeah i I feel like when when she asked me that and i and i i i'm like stumped like oh my gosh did she have any imaging because like then then i as she's asking this like okay is is there a tumor or you know was there a stroke or you know Mm. is there some something central right like that's your automatic um you know 
and saw, and, and then I asked her, I said, did, then I asked her, did you fall? Like, did you hit your head? Did you have a concussion? Mm-hmm. I go, was your relationship abusive? You know, like, right. You know, and I, I, then I started asking her like that. She goes, no, no, he, it was not abusive at all. Like we just ended, you know, on good terms and everything. Um, so I, I will, I will dig a little deeper about that. I, I, I can't remember off the top of my head if she had it mentioned because I would think that might be one of. Well, I don't, I don't know if that maybe the the neurologist was so caught up on the vestibular migraine mm-hmm. diagnosis that imaging wasn't done. Yeah. And then she found a vision therapist herself, mm-hmm. and yeah, you know, he's gonna fix her eyes, right? So. Right. That's a very good question. Like that might be something to consider. Yeah, I think the biggest thing is, and just with it, we just have to be the independent observer and ask the you know, the thorough questions. And it's so hard because we we all come with our you know in bi- our biases, you know, our previous histories. But you're doing the right thing. You're digging deeper. Um, find out if she has imaging. You know, find out and see if you can. You know categorize her symptoms into you know is this visual is this cervical is this something that is you know was a result of her stressful her stressful time and this affected her central system we don't know mm-hmm. um, but uh i think if you continue to you know, be independent with her and continue to dig deeper you're you're going to mm-hmm. get you're going to get somewhere and then you're mm-hmm. going to continue to work on her function and she's she'll slowly progress but it we we've definitely encountered it before, and it's in. It, I guess uh, these type of cases they don't have the silver bullet, and they don't have the easy answer. And this is what real mm-hmm. vestibular therapy is really like. Really gets down into once you start seeing pain mm-hmm. patients. Um, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So I I really like your thought process and where you're going. Um, just remember to stay systematic. Um, yeah. And then sometimes it's helpful just to, you know, if you tell her the next time she comes and say, Hey, you know, we've been working at this a little while, let's recap and let's do a progress note and let's just re mm-hmm. go from the beginning and see if we missed anything. Let's fine tune. Right. Um, and, right. and people appreciate that. Right, right, right. Well, thank you. I, I, you know, it helps, it helps that you brought up, you know, making things more systematic and you brought up some different um, assessment tools that I can, I can try that I'm not. Mm-hmm. You know, it's not part of my, I mean, I know of them. I've just, sure. you know, haven't used uh, certain ones. And um, I, I do need to kind of expand my, my uh, repertoire a little bit. Um, sure. So, yeah, I appreciate that. Yeah, these complex, ca- you know, these are the kind of cases that keep you up at night. <laughs> yes, and they should, and they make us better. They make us better at helping yes. people. Yes, exactly, exactly. It's, but it's it's rewarding, you know, as you see progress come along. You know, more than I mean, in acute care, I I I definitely feel like I I'm helping people in a big way. But it's they're in there. The turnaround is so quick. Yes. That you don't get you know as invested. Right. As right. you do with these outpatients. Yeah. Definitely. So, yeah. But I do have to, I, I'm going to have to cut, cut out and yes. go to my escape room. <laughs> well, Shayna, thank, thank you so much for discussing your case. And hopefully we can discuss the other ones too. I really enjoyed uh, yeah. discussing with you. Hopefully it was helpful. Um, just having another, you know, another colleague uh, 
just give their feedback and um mm-hmm. and then we can definitely um hopefully have you on again i'm really excited to hear what you're doing with the hospital oh yeah 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 and i'm excited for this for this new year it's i have a lot of little pet projects i want to <laughs> i want to work on including the, the competencies and then my other my other pet project is is um collaborating with the e, with the eg doctors yes um and you know, getting some more like nystagmus assessment. I feel like that's just not getting um, done when they go through the ER and things can be caught, you know, doing the hints test and, mm-hmm. you know, all that stuff. And I, I had a patient yesterday who um, the neurologist was convinced it was CPPV and mm-hmm. did, a, did an Epley uh, maneuver on them and wanted PT to come and, and assess her mobility. So I happened to pick it up and, <laughs> and I see she has left beating. Oh my gosh. <laughs> at spontaneous gaze. Oh my gosh. Left gosh. beating with left gaze and positive head thrust test on the right. She's had buzzing in her ear the last <laughs> couple days. She's had a cold for a month, you know, and I'm like, and I walk in and she's got on a soft collar. Oh my goodness. Like this humongous soft collar that doesn't even fit her. <laughs> and I'm just like, oh my gosh, what's happening? So, um, so yeah, there's a lot of education. It is interesting. Like I've had co- you know, conversations with neurologists, different neurologists and just, no, it's not BPB, you know, BPPB right. and, you know, and, and so I, I actually talked to the hospitalist later and she says, no, I don't think it is either. And she's like, I, and, and I go, I, I'm thinking maybe, you know, definitely a hypofunction, maybe, you know, probably a labyrinthitis. And she's like, yeah, that's what I think too. And that's why I started on prednisone this morning. And right. so I go, okay, because if we, if we would have gone completely by the neurologist diagnosis, she was on meclizine, he did <laughs> an epi and she would have been out the door. Yes. And so, yeah, I, so we get that a lot. We get that a lot. And it's, it's, and, but the fact that he did an Epley, like nobody, nobody really does an Epley, like in the hospital. He like, he learned it. He's like, I got this. Yeah. And and his note was, this is definitely BPPV, you know? (laughs) And I'm like, oh, good, good. And he even documented left beating nystagmus with left gaze, (laughs) you know, just sitting there. I said, you had it right there. Like you, you had, you know? Yes. yeah, so it, this is like this. We get so much of this, and so like I mean, I you know I want to catch this in the EG. I want to do like I want to do some lunch and learns with the hospitalist. Yes, um, we, we don't there's, know. There's we don't bunch, know. There are a bunch. <laughs> yeah, and I actually talked to one guy, and he said, "I've learned too much. I don't know if I want to sit through a, a lunch and learn. Just, just I'll just refer them to you." <laughs> Oh, oh goodness but at least they they know if it's out of their you know comfort zone just call shana <laughs> i love that <laughs> so but anyway lots lots of work to be done yes you know, especially in, in acute care so um anyway i well i appreciate your time and and chatting with you and um hopefully we can do it again yes definitely and i hope you have a good uh, rest of your saturday <laughs> Okay. All righty. All right. Happy New Year. You too. Bye-bye. Okay. Bye-bye. Thanks for listening to the Dizzy Discussion Podcast. 
We hope you enjoyed the show and learned something today. Be sure to continue the conversation on our Facebook groups, Evidence CEU Vestibular Study Group, or the patient-centered support group called Dizzy Discussions Vestibular Support Group. Also, be sure to like, subscribe, leave a review, and share this podcast with your friends and family. Thanks for tuning in. We look forward to sharing our next episode.